the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We've been in chapter 9 of the book of Romans, where Paul has been illustrating the sovereignty of God through the election of Israel. And once again, as Paul is writing this to the Roman church, it's very important that they know their God by faith, that they see him both as sovereign and as faithful. It is in this life that the children of God are born, and we're born by faith into him. It is also in this life that we come to know him by faith. We don't know everything there is to know. We were complete in Christ when we received him, but we have not seen the fullness of what that means. I don't believe we're going to see it when we get to heaven. I believe we'll see more. But he's a big God and we've got eternity, right? So I think our perceptions and our understandings of just how big this God is. I mean, how many of you have grown in your understanding of what the love of God is since you first understood it? Are you still growing in it? I am. And I expect when I get to heaven that I'm going to be blown away with how little I knew and how much there is to know. God reveals himself through his character. And it's very important that this little Roman church understand the character of God by faith, that they know the character of God by faith. Why is that? The same reason it's important for you to accept and embrace the character of God by faith. Because the world around us, the temporal world, will illustrate all kinds of inconsistencies for us. It will cause us to doubt the motives of God, to doubt the love of God, to doubt the protection of God, because all of those things are threatened at one time or another in our lives, aren't they? Or seemingly so. But what God wants us to understand is we go through those things. We go through fear. We go through doubt. We go through scarcity. We go through hardship and heartbreak and all of the different steps that we go through life. And we talked about this last week, that we're literally in the plan of God. No step that we take is going to be unmet by the revelation of Christ. It has its purpose there. 
So as we go through these things, what God wants us to understand, that doubt, that fear, that thing that shakes us is literally the unbelief. It's really the doubt and fear of humanity that that cries out against the truth of a sovereign God who has declared himself as our life. So when I cry out to him and I say, Lord, I don't have, he says, I am in every case. But you know what? I wouldn't know I am if I didn't know I don't have. And I'm learning more and more about the I am. Well, this church needed to rest in that. They needed to grow in that. God reveals himself through his character. And as I said before, his character is who he is. The attributes of God are not something that he exhibits or expresses occasionally. They're, in fact, him in origin and in expression. As we said last week, the very definition of words like love, justice, joy, peace, faithfulness, they're not defined by man's definitions, but they are defined by God's character. He gives us the meaning of those things through his character. It is the purpose of God. You're going to see this tonight in in these scriptures. But it is the purpose of God that his children become immovable in their faith concerning the character of God. We are, in fact, identified as his by our capacity to manifest his character. Last week, we looked at Romans 9, verses 14 through 17. And today we will continue with verse 18 and move to verse 24. And what we're going to see in these verses is God's determination to reveal the fullness of his character through his sovereignty and his work. Now, we saw last week where Paul was playing the antagonist. If you look at verses 14 and 15, he asks a question. He says, what shall we conclude then? Now, this has to do with the election of the patriarchs in Israel, where he chose one over another. And he says, what shall we conclude then? Is there injustice upon God's part? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion, pity on whom I will have compassion. And then Paul continues this whole dialogue in verses 18 and 19. And at this place, he's playing the antagonist once again, but he implies that God is unjust in his judgment. So look at verses 18 and 19. He says, So then, he has mercy on whomever he wills, chooses, and he hardens, makes stubborn and unyielding the heart of whomever he wills. You will say to me, Why then does he still find fault and blame us for sinning? For who can resist and withstand his will? Now that's a rhetorical question that Paul doesn't even answer. It's an accusation that God is unfair, unjust. It's man's judgment of God. And Paul poses the question that the enemy would undoubtedly ask and would put to your mind. The presumption of a finite creature or creation to accuse the infinite creator is astounding, is it not? That which God formed from the dust of the earth and breathed life into would question God based on its pitiful logic, its rudimentary exercise of a limited intellect and blind perception. But what we see Paul addressing here 
primarily is man's attempt to run to fatalism. Do you all know what fatalism is? It's a philosophical doctrine that all events are predetermined so that man is powerless and therefore cannot be held accountable for his actions. Now, I've seen a lot of Christians, though they have not declared themselves as fatalists, I've seen them living in that type of mental attitude. It says, oh, well, I can't, you know, God, it's God's will that's going to be done, so I'm just going to yield to it. Now, I want to tell you something. That's resignation. It is a deception. It is a demonic lie. It is calculated to put you not at yielding, but at resigning your will to the fate, if you will, to whatever God wants to do. I've heard people say, well, thy will be done. That's fatalism. It's got God's name in it, but it's fatalism. There is no trust in the character of God. There's no belief that God is good, that God is faithful, that God is loving, that God is providing, that God is anything that God says he is. It's basically a temper tantrum that says, I can't do anything about it, so God, just do whatever you're going to do. And it is wrong. It is demonic in its origin. It is unbelief. It's the kind of unbelief that doesn't even require a God. It is selfish. We have a choice. We can choose to believe God to be our provider. We can choose to believe that what God works together will be good for us. We can choose to believe that we're in the plan of God. We can choose to believe that we are redeemed and we are forgiven and we are new creations. We can choose to believe that we are blessed. We can choose to believe that we've been delivered. We can choose to believe that glory awaits and is within us. We can choose to believe that God is with us and for us. There is no resignation in that. It's a determination to believe. It's a determination to trust in the character of God. It's a determination to know God for who He says He is rather than an off-handed dismissal which is what I hear in that. And I'm saying this because I've said it. I've said it. And I want to tell you something. I don't want to ever say it again. Because I know who my God is. And I don't resign to his will. I embrace it. I embrace it. The issue again is the choice of man. Some will reject, but when they do, they'll prove the election of God. The door is still open to whosoever wills. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking him as Lord, will be saved. God's will and man's choice are miraculously intertwined. This, again, is something we accept by faith. Don't expect Todd to explain it to you. God's election and man's choices are inseparable. God is just in his election. And man is accountable for his choices. Romans 9.20 But who are you, a mere man? This is Paul responding to his own question. But who are you, a mere man, to criticize and contradict and answer back to God? Will what is formed say to him that formed it? Why have you made me thus? In other words, just who do you think you are? Just who do you think you are? To assume that you could question God? If God didn't elect, now I want you to hear this. 
We're talking about God's election, right? If God did not elect, get this, none would be saved. None would be saved because there is none that seek after God. Romans 3.11 No one understands, no one intelligently discerns or comprehends, no one seeks out God. You see, God didn't make them lost. They were born in sin through Adam. But if man will, he can be saved. Man has a choice because God chooses to give him one. God literally interrupts the darkness of sin in the life of the lost man and gives him enough light to choose. That's God's interruption. And he does it in the life of every man. Not just once, but repeatedly. This is the love and mercy of God. He didn't make them sinners. They were born that way. And then they confirmed who they were by continuing to be that way. John 3.16 For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal everlasting life. Bottom line, we have no right to question God or to call God to account. We have no right to ask God why. We ask it, but we have no right to ask it. God answers Job's why with this response. And I got to tell you, when I read it, I was slapped back a little bit. Moreover, the Lord said to Job, this is Job chapter 40, verses 1 through 8. Moreover, the Lord said to Job, Shall he who would find fault with the Almighty contend with him? He who disputes with God, let him answer it. Then Job replied to the Lord, Behold, I am of small account and vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand upon my mouth. I have spoken once, but I will not reply again. Indeed, twice I have answered, but I will proceed no further. He knows he's in it. I would have thought at that point God would have given him a pass, right? But he doesn't. He says to him, Then the Lord answers Job out of the whirlwind, saying, Gird up your loins now like a man. I will demand of you, and you answer me. Will you also annul, set aside, and render void my judgment? Will you condemn me, your God, that you may appear righteous and justified? You see, God puts his finger at the heart of our accusations. That you may appear righteous and justified. God is the creator and will shape his vessels according to his divine wisdom. Romans 9.21 Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same mass, lump, one vessel for beauty and distinction, and honorable use, and another for menial or ignoble and dishonorable use? Now this is not saying that we are clay, What it is doing is it's declaring that the potter has a right to form the clay as he chooses. And, of course, our creator has a right to form us. Now, when we enter into pride, 
we forget who we are. We assume the arrogance of independence, and we feel we have something to say about how God works in our lives or the lives of others. We assume sovereignty is ours and complain when we can't have it. Ever been there? I have. This kind of living denies the true character of God by questioning his methods and his activity. Bottom line, it's unbelief. It's a cancer in the life of a Christian that will turn abundant life into just existence. Because if you don't trust your life, who are you going to trust? You're going to trust the world? You're going to trust the flesh? Where's your trust going to lie? I've seen the arrogance of my questioning and complaining. It happens when I allow myself to think like the godless. I start living by their definitions and making judgments about how my life should be. In this condition, I'm finding fault with the Almighty. I'm refusing to believe that because he is just, I just refuse to believe that because he is just, his dealings with me would be just. That because he is mercy, that his dealings with me would be merciful. That because he is love, that his dealings with me would be the administration of that love. I'm refusing to believe these things. That's what, that is what complaints are based in. Unbelief and a disregard of his character. Do you see the connection? Because God doesn't say just say that I do these things for you. He says that I am these things. I am. I am love. Lord, I just don't feel loved. I don't feel like anything's going right in my life. I don't feel like anybody cares about me. I don't feel like... And he looks down. Now, he doesn't... He doesn't... He's never spanked me as hard as he spanked Job in that dialogue. But I will tell you that he has said to me, uh, Who are you talking about? Who are you describing, Todd? Are you describing the man whom I have kept with mine own hand all these years? Are you describing the man whom I have provided for, protected, prospered? Is that who you're describing? Are you describing the one whom I have not only loved, but surrounded him with the love of family and friends? Or is that the person you're talking about? No, I am small and I am vile in my assumptions. <laughs> I will not answer again. Indeed, I will not respond. <laughs> No, that's not who I am. And what's more important, that's not who he is. You see how important it is to stand in faith in the truth of his character. I don't feel loved. He is love. I don't feel protected. He is my protection. I don't feel like I'll have enough. He is my provision. I don't have any peace. He is my peace. I want to know joy. He is my joy. Not that he will be, but that he is. I will trust and hope in who my God is. This kind of living denies the true character of God by questioning his methods and his activity. It is a cancer in the life of the Christian that will turn abundant life into just existence. Faith is not about believing in God. It's not just about believing in God. You know, Jesus said the demons do that, right? It's about believing in who God is. 
Trusting in God is trusting in who he is. Peace is the assurance of who he is. Rest is the trusting in who he is. Abundant life is revealed in the revelation of who he is. Do you believe that he is the potter and that we are as the clay in his loving hands being formed to his purposes? Do you believe that? If you do, you can find rest in it. You can find rest when you recognize the true character of the potter, not before. Do you recognize his absoluteness? Romans 9.22 What if God, although fully intending to show the awfulness of his wrath and to make known his power and authority, has tolerated with much patience the vessels, objects of his anger, which are ripe for destruction? In this verse, God's intention is declared. God intends to make known his power, authority, and the awfulness of his wrath. You see, that's part of his character. Did you know that? And it's important to God that you know that part of his character, that you see it, that you know all of him. It's not a matter of if he will show these things. It's a matter of when. God is letting his righteous wrath against sin swell. The word that he uses for wrath there is orge, and that refers to a deep, growing anger. That's building in intensity until it reaches its fullness. Kind of like you watch those radar of a hurricane, how it, it builds and it grows and it grows. Well, God has tolerated with great patience the sin and the wickedness of those who are vessels of wrath. He's tolerated this thing. And God's wrath is righteous. You know why God's wrath is righteous? You might want to write this down. Because it's God's wrath. God's anger is just. You want to know why God's anger is just? Because it's God's anger. How's that for a deep theological truth? That's the reality of it, because it's who he is. God's wrath is growing. God's anger is just. Man is born to sin. Therefore, they are born, we are born, as vessels of wrath and suited for destruction. Yet God, because of his love for us, offers us grace and mercy through his Son, that we might be born again as vessels unto honor. You see, God's desires that we see the fullness of his character. We will see the stark contrast, and we do see the stark contrast between God's righteousness and sin. And just as we can believe that we have experienced and know his love, we will know his wrath and his anger against sin. Not against us. Did you hear what I said? Against sin. It will be revealed. What I want you to understand here is that God did not create vessels of wrath. Sin and the choice of man fitted them for it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God has not appointed us to incur his wrath. He did not select us to condemn us, but that we might obtain his salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. You see, the day for the wrath of God to be poured out is near. It is a cup that's filling. You'll see that illustration both in the New and the Old Testament. It is a cup that is filling. Now, the thing is, it's not waiting to be filled. It is filling. 
It is filling because of the iniquity of man. So here's what you know. You're closer to that cup being poured out today than you were yesterday. And the iniquity of man, in my humble opinion, is growing leaps and bounds. It's escalating. As the church age closes, the idolatry, the wickedness, the evil of man is just absolutely exploding. That's why it's so important, so important in the midst of that darkness to know who you are, but more importantly, to know who your God is. It's important that those little ones back there have a deeper and fuller understanding of who they're trusting in, that they'll be able to walk in the identity of their God. It's so important that moms and dads understand it and are able to affirm it and point to the truth of the character of God through their lives. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, The hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.